Welcome to the Tea Podcast, bringing you the best in news, entertainment, celebrity gossip, social commentary, humor, and LGBTQ lifestyle. This podcast is part of the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. Treats LLC is a decadent sweet shop that creates exquisite desserts for any occasion. Whether it be for an anniversary, birthday, special event, etc., Seize Treats has you covered. Seize Treats LLC uses the most freshest items and the best chocolates, caramels, and products in the world. Every bite of Seize Treats will leave you wanting more. She's located on the west side of Indianapolis and you can connect with her on social media. She's on Facebook and she's on Instagram. Reach out to her via email at seastreats38 at gmail.com or you can contact her at 317-664-2609. All right, guys, we're back with another episode of the Tea Podcast. I just wanted to apologize for the technical issues that we had earlier. So we're going to start all over again. And um, yeah, we're we're just back. Um, it's been a been a year since we've been on the air and stuff like that. So um, it's really good that we're 
back at a time like this where so much going on, um, not only with just the LGBT community, but just in society in general. Yes. So we're going to start this again. Okay. So Ethan, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us um, what do you expect from um, this podcast? Like I know that you're you're um, new to the podcast, so can you just let us know a little bit about yourself and what do you expect um, from being on this platform and how do you um, want to utilize this platform to uh, get your voice out there? Yeah, uh, my name is Ethan Cripps. I uh, am living in Bloomington, Indiana right now. I'm originally from Nevada, moved to uh, Indianapolis when I was, it was in 2012. Um yeah, so the podcast, I'm really excited to bring some, some of my opinions and kind of, you know, learn about things that I may not know too much about, but kind of, you know, get a little get a little bit of information myself. Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, what I've heard from the podcast in the past, it, you know, covering a lot of important topics, you know, mm-hmm. in our community and like, you know, maybe bringing uh, different uh, ideas and, you know, uh, helping people kind of think a little bit more about maybe something that they haven't thought about or, you know, things that, you know, maybe changing opinions, changing minds, it's very important to me. Absolutely. So, yes. And, and that's what we're all about here at the T. Um, we, we we want to not only entertain you, we're going to have a little fun and hit this and the other, but we want to kind of be thought-provoking and maybe, you know, there was a point of view that you had before or a misconception that you had before about about the community and we will just want to bring awareness and just kind of um, educate people in general. You know what I mean? So with this platform, I really want to reach out with more community organizations, bring them on the show, yes. um, try to yes. um, give resources to those in the community that may need something that, you know, we're able to give them that resource to obtain. So that's really what my mission here is with the T podcast. Of course, we're going to get our life, we're going to laugh, we're going to joke and do do what we do. But that's that's what my main um, mission is, to educate the community and just give resources to those that, um, and education to those that may not um, know about the community and just kind of just enlighten them. So I'm going to go to my partner right here, Jonathan. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you've been with the T podcast for the last couple of years, but just kind since of since the beginning. Yes, since the beginning. So, can you just reintroduce yourself and just um, kind of tell us what do you expect and what do you hope to gain from the podcast? So, my name is Jonathan Crockett. Um, I've been an indie since uh, 2013, um, and I've been with my partner Seneca Harris. For over five years now, which mm-hmm. I can't believe it's actually been that long. Yes. Um, as for the podcast, um, I mean, I'm just like you, Ethan. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I really like to learn from my fellow gays. Um, if there's a lot of things I just didn't know, um, this is the part where you know I can like put in my two cents or you know really gain a lot of knowledge just from. You know, you guys mm-hmm. and other people. Awesome, awesome. Just want to take care of a few housekeeping things really quick. For those of you that are listening from the link, um, or if you want to call in, um, you can call us at 516-595-8150. We would love to hear your um, comments or your your input on the topics that we're going to be discussing tonight. 
Um, if you would like to follow us on our Facebook group page, we would love to have you there. We, we have a lot of engagement. Um, I think we're over 301 or 302 followers now. So I want to thank everybody that has joined that page. Um, on there, you can get our clips, our excerpts, our show schedules. And then also, you know, we're going to kind of engage if you have like any links or any story ideas that you would like to um, submit to us. We would definitely love your input. Um, and also, if you would like to um, donate to us financially, because, you know, it takes a lot to do these podcasts, um, especially like in the direction that we want to go. Uh, really, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. You can donate to us. Um, via cash app at dollar sign urban wire and that's one word um, so we would we would greatly appreciate that um, also just to let you know our podcast is available on most major platforms um, we're on stitcher we're on TuneIn, we're on spotify um, iheart and google Podcasts, and i think we're going to be expanding further um, in the future because there's a couple more platforms that i want to get our um our, our um, show on so That's definitely cool. if you if you can't catch us live you can always listen to us on demand um or you can go to blogtalkradio.com um forward slash urban wire media and you can download our episodes as well so now that we got our housekeeping stuff out of the way oh yeah one more thing we do have a youtube channel too so um you can check us out at youtube.com forward slash ucofw um, we're pushing close to 2,000 subscribers on there. So once we get to the 2,000 subscribers, I think we're going to probably have some type of, you know, little, you know, special podcast or celebration. So um, definitely join us on there. So we're going to jump right into this because we had like some technical difficulties earlier. So we're going to kind of rush through these topics really quick. Um, the topics that we're going to be exploring tonight, we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to, of course, do our entertainment segment. Um, we're going to talk about Little Nas X and how he was, uh, he was kind of dubbed again from, you know, B, the BET Awards. He didn't get any nominations this year. And a lot of people are feeling that it had a lot to do with last year. I guess he had, um, I guess he, he, had, he was introduced as a new artist last year. And I guess a lot of people, it was kind of in an uproar because he made out with another man on stage it wasn't even made made out he just gave him a kiss on the stage so it was kind of controversial so a lot of people are thinking that the BET didn't want to deal with that controversy again so they he didn't get nominated this year so even though he had a lot of successful hits throughout the year so we're going to bring that up um we're going to discuss the Monique and DL Hughley situation um Todd Chrisley which is a reality TV Star, I guess um, him and his wife were just found guilty for tax evasion and fraud um, by federal court. And also, there's a little extra tea that's involved with that because I guess one of his business partners that he used to work with kind of had some inside information too because there's always been some speculation about his sexual orientation. So, a lot of people are saying, is this guy just only doing this? Because he's trying to get back at them, but we're, we'll get into that um, here shortly. Um, we're going to also talk about the dangers of um, gay men chasing what we call trade in the community. Um, 
there was a story that took place in Virginia where there was a young um, athlete that was um, attending one of the colleges there that um, ended up messing, messing around with another gay man. And I guess he was able to get out of committing murder because he used the defense that, oh, he tricked me and he didn't expose to me the fact that he was a female, even though his story wasn't lining up. And we're going to get into that because it was just some, there's a lot of holes in this story. And, and it's unfortunate that we live in a society where people are still weaponizing our gayness against us and they won't take accountability and live in their truth. So they're able to weaponize that against us. So we're going to get into that story. Um, we're going to talk about the history of pride, a brief history of pride. And we're going to give us a, give you guys a little bit of a review of Indie Pride um, Festival that took place here. And that's continuing um, this weekend. I think they have a lot of different um, events. I think they have like a, um, like a drag show, like um, with several um, notable drag queens in Indianapolis. So that's going on this weekend. And um, if we get... Get get time. We're gonna probably. I might do a little sports news. You know, for those. You know, we're gonna try to be a little diverse over here. But that's just if we have time. Um, we have a lot of other things. We're gonna do some reviews and just stuff like that. So just stay tuned. Um, and um, if you guys want to call in, once again, that number for those who want to call in and give their opinion, you can call us at five one six. Five nine five eighty one fifty. We would love to hear your um, opinions. And if you're listening to us on Facebook Live, feel free to type in the comments. If you you know if you have anything that you want to add to the conversation, we will read your comments live on air. Um, the first thing I want to talk about before we get into our entertainment, I want to talk about something serious, and um, I think it's something that we as a community have to take seriously with um, as far as politics and I know a lot of us we're not really into politically savvy we don't really pay attention to what's going on in the world of politics but um, as many of you know that Roe v. Wade is pretty much I think it's going to be overturned yeah so um, the, looking. yeah so the Supreme Court um, is mo more than likely is going to um, rule in that favor and the question that I have, and I want to get your guys' opinion on it, is do you guys feel that with uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, do you think that that could bleed over into the LGBT community as far as our rights are concerned? Um, do you feel that that is a precursor of a lot of the progress that we made being kind of like uprooted? So I'm going to start with you, Ethan, and tell me what do you feel about that and um, what is in your opinion too, like, is it important for uh, members of our community to become um, politically savvy and um, engage in the political process? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I feel like there's always something in our country being targeted as far as, like, human rights go in some way. You know, what uh, Roe v. Wade, you know, with it potentially being overturned, I feel like it could pave the way just for our government to just stick its nose, you know, it doesn't really need, where it doesn't really need to be, you know, it, right. it could overturn marriage rights, it could overturn, uh, you know, any, any type of uh, sense of security, probably, for our community down the road, potentially, and 
you know, I feel like even though there are a lot of people who don't like to follow politics, it's probably very important to know at least basically what's happening in other areas of human rights just because, mm. you know, you know, if it comes full circle, it's going to affect uh, new generations of LGBTQ community in the future, potentially. So, yes. yeah, I think it's very important for us to know know some of that stuff. And I will also add, too, like, you know, a lot of people sit on the sidelines and they feel like, ooh, I'm glad that this is happening to this community over here. It's, it won't happen to us, but oh, yeah. we have to really get into the mindset that, you know, it may be this community over here today, but it could be very well the community that you're a part of mm -hmm. tomorrow. So we can't sit by idly and just feel that um, that our rights are so secure that it can't be snatched from us. So, I mean, who would ever think that this landmark uh, case or uh, abortion rights or uh, pro being pro-choice um, would be something that in 2022 that could potentially be reversed. Like no one, no one would actually think that something like this would be reversed. And I think the ramifications of that could be very astounding because um, it could be like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Like it's Roe v. Wade now. It very well could be uh, LGBT uh, marriage equality rights and just just rights in general because we still live in a country where. It's not safe to um, be openly gay, like especially in in work environments. Like we're not really a hundred percent. We we made progress, but we're not where we need to be. So, Jonathan, can can you tell us how do you feel about that? And you know, I'm gonna pose to you the same question that I asked Ethan. Like, how do you feel about that? I feel uh, the same way that our rights um, that we've been well, at least with abortion rights, as that stands, you know, after 50 years or nearly 50 years that it has the potential of going away and all these states that are ready to um, have all these laws in place as soon as the second it drops, um, that abortion will not be legal in these states. And it could even be a crime um, because a few of them, have made it to where, like in Missouri, for example, that if you go across state lines, say into Illinois from Missouri, that you could potentially face some kind of um, punishment. I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know exactly yeah. what their state is thinking about doing. Um, but I read that. Um, that was on CNN um, about a few months ago. Wow. Um, so, yeah, this definitely pertains to us because... This is a court ruling. The, the 2012 marriage um, was a court ruling. It was not put into law by Congress, and it can be reversed by s certain justices, by certain presidents who put those justices in the Supreme Court. I think that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize, too, is that just because something has been decided, it's not set in stone. Exactly. And that's that counts for everything. Exactly. For everything. Like anything that's a really good point anything could be reversed yeah so, so again like like I was mentioning um, before um, that's why it's very important for us to be um, politically involved you know a lot of people like I mentioned a few minutes ago like a lot of I know a lot of people personally like um, 
in the gay community. Like they they just don't they don't feel like there's any importance of being politically savvy or being um, educated as far as politics is concerned. And you got to realize politics is like in everything that you do. Like um, you you don't realize it, but you know your basic rights. You know the stuff that you enjoy or the things that you enjoy today. Like just the smallest things. It's politics behind all that. And we have to know the people that we're voting in. Like, everybody makes a big hoopla about, you know, the national um, elections and stuff like that. But locally, you, you, you need to know who who is representing you. And you need to know yes. who is, um, that who, who we're allowing to be in office. Because a lot of times, a lot of these seats are being just given away because people don't show up to the polls. You know, and you you have to vote in your best interest. It's not about the next person. You have to vote um, in the in the best interest of you as an individual and um, your lifestyle. You know, you can't vote based on oh well, I you know my family voted this way or my family voted that way or like vote on what's going to affect you affect you not and, others. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I know that it kind of sounds selfish but at the end of the day you have to look out for what's best for you in your community That's because right. every other group does that so we we as um, uh, members of the LGBTQIA community we have to be uh, vocal we have to be out here we have to educate ourselves on uh, who we're voting in or in some cases who we're allowing in because we're not going to the polls so it's very important that we do that. And I kind of wanted to lead off with that, um, with this being Pride Month, because there's a lot of things that are brewing, and we need to be um, very aware about that. Um, with that being said, um, I want to talk about the history of Pride, because a, a lot of people, like um, the younger generation, they think that, you know, uh, things have always been rosy and, and, you know, people have always been able to live out loud and live in their truth without any um, social ramifications. But that has not always been the case. Um, for those of you that don't know what L um, uh, Pride Month is about, I just want to give you a little bit of information about Pride Month. It pretty much celebrates and commemorates the Stonewall riots that took place. In June of 1969 hence that's why we celebrate pride in the month of June and pretty much um, pride month commemorates the strides that LGBT people have made in the world not only just in the world of entertainment and fashion and stuff like that but politically um, there's a lot of people that have um, built major empires that were LGBT you know um, it's just like we have done a lot like even if you want to even look in the world of religion like we don't even get into that like a lot of people in the gay community like we we build a lot of the, these institutions whether it be we're in the forefront or in the back back you know in the background we are a very powerful group of people and i think this is this month is um a way to commemorate that um especially you have a lot of um gay and trans people of color that don't get that rec rec uh, recognition even in our 
of culture. That's true. Um, because there was a trans woman by the name of Marsha P. Johnson that spearheaded the um, Stonewall riots, which kind of led into what we know now as the you know modern day gay rights movement. So um, I really want to go to a clip really quick just to kind of put things in um, context about um, gay pride. So those of you that don't know about, about it and just think it's just another event to where we can just come out and party, I just want to kind of give you some historical um, context of pride so um, you can kind of be more aware of, um, and kind of more understanding about the the community in general and just the history of what we've had to go through. So we're going to go to this clip and I'm going to come back and we'll um, discuss the um, this topic and then we'll just move on to our next one. In the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, a riot broke out in front of the Stonewall Inn in New York City. The violent protest became known as the Stonewall Riots. The Stonewall Riots were a watershed moment in the gay rights movement, sparking activism and awareness across the United States. We'll look at the roots of the riots, the events, and their lasting impact. In the 1950s and 60s, homosexuality was still considered sodomy, and illegal in 49 states. The punishment varied greatly by state, ranging from heavy fines to imprisonment. In society, members of the gay community were often subject to violence, harassment, and discrimination. In New York City, gay bars were havens for people with diverse sexual orientations and gender identities, places where they could avoid harassment and violence. The Stonewall Inn served as a popular refuge. The Stonewall Inn was owned by the mafia. The Mafia bribed the police to look the other way. In turn, the Mafia made money overcharging patrons for drinks. Even so, the patrons were not fully safe from homophobia and discrimination. The Mafia would extort wealthy patrons, threatening to out them to their employers and families. Despite the Mafia's bribes, the police still regularly raided the Stonewall Inn and other gay bars, charging them with solicitation of homosexual relations. Trans and other gender non-conforming people were also targeted, subjected to violence, and arrested if they weren't wearing what the police deemed gender-appropriate clothing. This oppression and mistreatment came to a head in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969. Nine police officers entered the Stonewall Inn in a raid. The patrons were fed up. As the police roughly tried to arrest bartenders and customers, many resisted. Outside the bar, people in the hundreds began rioting. They threw bottles at and pushed through the barricades. The police officers retreated from the crowd and locked themselves inside the Stonewall Inn. Rioters responded by setting the bar on fire. Police reinforcement arrived, and the original officers managed to get out of the burning bar. Meanwhile, the angry mob had grown into thousands. Eventually, the police were able to get the crowd to disperse but it didn't last long. The riots continued until July 1st. While some criticized the violent and destructive riots, others pointed to the brutality and unjust treatment of the gay community. This large-scale defiance made a massive impact on society. The Stonewall riots were the gay community which also brought attention to others marginalized for their sexual or gender orientation. The riots sparked the formation of the Gay Liberation Front, the first group to publicly advocate for equal gay rights. 
On the one year anniversary of the riots, they also organized the first gay pride parade. Today, pride events are still held on the anniversary of the Stonewall riots in cities around the country and even the world. In 2016, President Obama made the Stonewall Inn and the area outside where the riots broke out a national monument. This became the first national monument celebrating the gay history. The Stonewall riots may have been violent, but they marked a pivotal moment in history. No longer would people quietly endure the stigma associated with their sexual and gender orientation. Through the Stonewall riots, the gay rights movement gained mainstream visibility and a momentum that continues to this day. All right, we are back. So I just wanted you guys to get a little bit of the context of why we celebrate um, Pride in general, but um, just the story behind why we particularly um, celebrated in June. So as you can see, like those were some old school riders. Like, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, gay people are weak or docile, but those, the, the forefathers of the movement, they were definitely some riders, and they stood for what they believed in. Like, and, that's right. Um, I just look at today. I, you know, um, I, I really hope that the younger generation can just look back to um, look back on history and see like where a lot of their rights that they enjoy now, uh, where they stem from. Um, and I, I'm really grateful that we do have a month, but I feel that pride is something that we, we need to celebrate all year long. It shouldn't just be restricted to one time of the year. And one thing that I, I would challenge even in our community is, you know, because this is just something that bothers me about pride. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. It's just like, okay, we get together this one month out of the year or, you know, each city has their pride, so pretty much a weekend out of the year. You know, it's all this 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 so-called fake love and all this, you know, um, fake positivity and stuff like that. But even within our community, there's a lot of infighting, a lot of bickering, a lot of division within our community. And I feel like, you know, if we can't get on one accord and accept and love each other in our own community... How can we accept um, society to accept us? So we really have to get out of this thing. I, I mean, it's always good to see people getting together and, you know, um, expressing who they are and um, pretty much loving on each other. But I feel a lot of the, that time we don't live that message throughout the entire year. So I was wondering, do you guys kind of feel that too? Like um, as far as the community, do you think they're, there's a lot of inner conflict and do you feel that um, this whole sense of pride like is it anything like you know what we saw during the um, original Stonewall riots no I don't I think that the further <clears throat> we get away from that um, and it, or this is just my perception of it that um a lot of us tend to think of pride as a party. Mm. And I think the... And I don't want to say it like this, but I'm going to say it. Um, we accept more straights, more allies. 
which is a good thing. We need those allies. But I almost feel like it dilutes the message that Pride has given since 1969. Wow. Is that, you know, what, what, is, what is Pride about? Do allies actually understand what Pride is about? Do a lot of the younger people understand what Pride is about? It also comes back to educating the, that younger generation to really understand where it had, where it's come from, right? And bringing up bringing up another topic into this, the you know, like the "Don't Say Gay" that's going down in Florida. That's mm. hor- horrible. Yeah, like they're not allowed to learn about history of the LGBTQ community. They're not allowed to you know reference homosexuality in any way, shape, or form in school. Like we need to be teaching all. Uh, human history all you know it's it it was a pivotal point in uh the human rights basic just basic human rights this was a turning point for our community in this country and the fact that these younger generations you know it it probably might not even stop with florida it's going to start to spread and you know government's going to stick again just stick its nose where it doesn't belong and you know a lot of the younger generations aren't even gonna know and it's just it's it's gonna start trekking backwards you know yeah, acceptance yeah. and equality it's just gonna take a take its stagnant turn and it's gonna probably hurt us down the road significantly yeah so that does happen a lot of times when you erase history you're doomed to repeat it exactly and then like and, and it's something that I was thinking about while you were talking about that like that's a part of American history like mm-hmm. you know so why that's are you true. trying to America, um, erase that part of history you know, that even uh, reminds me of the issue of people like um, discussed about um, them not wanting to d- discuss like critical race theory in schools and like about the history of slavery and um, about the dark um, era of American history or the dark side of our history. And the thing is, it's like you can't erase history because that's 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 who we are. It's ingrained in us as a society, and I feel like. Like I just mentioned, when you erase history, you're going to be doomed to repeat it because, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's just very unfortunate that 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 bill is, I don't know, it's just it's it's it's, it's just a really sad day. Like I, I see a lot of progress progression as far as like this generation, but it seems like the older generation is trying to impede on that. They, like they're trying to slow that progression down or put a halt to it and that's why it's just so hard to get past a lot of um racism and bigotry in this country because you have these older these, these older people that just need to just check out of here like y'all you, you know you're just useless to society like just check out of here because you don't want to see things progress and they a lot of them are the problem you know what i mean and that's why we can't kind of dilute that that racism and bigotry out of our culture because you have this you know the previous generation that still wants to instill that into the the current generation so it's it's i feel like that's a reason why it's going to always be here on some level because it's going to be people perpetuating it so i mean it, it, it just boggles my mind how, you know, even in today's world, like, the future is now. This is 2022. Like, for for a, for a group of people to take the time to connive and plan and mm. put in a systematic 
structure for to take someone else's rights away to hurt somebody else like they don't really they're hurting these people uh by doing what they're doing in our government and like even even locally if you know somebody gets backlash like even in even in schools you know students in high school and grade school are still being met with extreme spouts of homophobia i see it you know on social media all the time people post a video of somebody just hurting somebody else be just based off of the fact that they don't agree with how they look or who they are and it's just yeah it's enraging and it's fascinating that the the Tucker Carlson's of the world the Fox Newses of the oh. world like to um, oh my god push back yeah. on a lot of the progress that we've made because they don't like it because it hurts them it hurts their brand at the end and, and those things are all personal too it's because of their personal opinion that they're right. putting out there on their platforms that get all this you know, they get all these fo- this following from right. It's just and the mm-hmm. the the weasels, the racists and homophobic people just come out of the woodwork and just they do. It's, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I feel that that's something that we just have to keep in mind. So um, we'll just move on to our next um, just a couple of tidbits of things that I saw throughout the week um, that I I thought that were interesting. Um, Louisiana becomes the 18th state to enact the trans athlete ban. So um, that's coming out of Louisiana right now. And according to NBC News, 5% of young adults now identify as trans or binary. So now we're, it's really good to see that um, more people in this, in this current generation are now living in their truth. They're identifying and they're coming to terms um, you know, with who they are as individuals. So that's always a good thing to hear. Um, also in the news, DeSantis made DeSantis made a uh, move to make a ban to um, offer transitional care to those that are trans youth and um, those that are Medicaid recipients. So there we go again. Like, you know, it's abortion rights now. You know, and it, it's so much more than that. Like, you have to look at the medical care. Like, um, when we look at um, abortion rights, it's not just about abortion. It's about um, a, a lot of these places that offer those resources. They offer um, mammograms. They offer a lot of female health um, services to women. And I feel now that they're attacking, you know, LGBT youth and trans youth. Like, a lot of those services can be um, put at, you know, stake at the stake, too. So, I kind of feel that um, a lot of this stuff could snowball into, uh, you know, into just a big, I don't know. It's, 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 it, it just goes deeper than just the surface issues, and they don't want to let you know that. So, um, but yet, like, you know, a lot of these corporate corporate corporations are still capitalizing off of the gay community but still at the same time you want to you know prohibit giving us our our basic rights or our basic needs you know what i mean so it's just it's always been that with with our community people always are capitalizing off of us they want to use us but yet when it comes to um us having basic rights or just basic um Things such as marriage equality, um, just you know, just having basic rights not to be discriminated against in the workplace, 
you know, it's just like they don't want to give that to us. So we have to realize that we have a lot of worth in this society. We have to fight for um, what is rightfully ours because, you know, if not, our rights are going to be taken away from us. So got to vote. Got to vote. Mm-hmm. Got to vote. That's what it all boils down to. Yeah. You got to know who your state legislators are because that's where the real that's where the real politics has really taken place. And in Indiana, there are so many that really want to take your rights away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate that there are just still so many that still feel like there are certain things that take priority over us. Yeah. Like guns. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. So... There are so many other worldly problems that we could be like. Like I was, uh, I said, you know, before it, our our country is on a pedestal right now. Like the whole world is looking at us because of everything that's going on: the gun violence, the homophobia, the racism, the the crime, the every just everything that's going on all at once. You know, people don't want to travel to our country. People don't want to come here because they're afraid to. They yeah. don't know what's going to happen next or what they're going to walk into. There's there's just such a lack of control over things that we could have control like talking about gun violence like I think it was what New Zealand or something you know they banned all of these uh, firearms and got their yeah, crime rate is virtually zero because mm-hmm. of that because they took control to change what they don't want to see in their country that are happening in countries like ours it's 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 I'm it's I'm I'm just oh my god. <laughs> Words, words. I cannot do. That. I and I don't even want to get into the whole like gun control thing. I mean, it's just like the number of mass shootings that we've had this year outnumber the number of actual calendar days mm-hmm. that we've had yeah, this in year. The past few weeks. That's, yeah, and uh, just, just, yeah, just, just. Th- I, I've lost count mm-hmm. on how many mass shootings. It's just like every day. I said, oh, it's been another mass shooting, and it's really sad because we are becoming desensitized to it. It's just now it's just like there's it's, another one. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, right. business it's as usual. Yeah. And it's and it's that shouldn't be that way. How many more people have to die for, you know, our legislation or our government to actually do something about it? Exactly. Like I don't Yeah, and I just wanted to put in context because I did write something down about the mass shootings. Um because that's one thing I wanted to discuss. Like um in the past couple of weeks we've had um ten people in Buffalo been killed. Uh, four in Tulsa, Oklahoma, three in Philadelphia, two in Chattanooga, three in Saginaw, Michigan, two in um, Arizona. And it's just like, Jesus. It, and it's just these, this is just in the past couple of weeks. And I just want to know what is this administration going to do to address this issue? Because now it's like you you don't really even feel safe going to uh, do something as innocent as going to the grocery store. You, you know, we look at um, those victims that were where their lives was just snatched from them. Like these were elderly. Most of the individuals that were killed were elderly individuals that probably would have never thought that their life would have ended that way. They're just going to the store, um, buying groceries, maybe you know, to pre- prepare dinner for their Sunday um, afternoon dinner with their family, and it's just like. We aren't even safe because there's a lot of just, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of crazy people out here. 
I don't think that the the current gun laws, um, it's just like it, 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 they're useless right now. Like you know, they're not really taking this problem serious, and I, I feel that um, I, I don't I don't know what the solution is. Like I I, I know we need better gun legislation, but be, beyond that, like um, I do feel like there are a lot of hate groups in here. There's a lot of um, a lot of these. People and I, I've discussed this with you, Jonathan. I feel like um, there's an enclave of individuals like they, they they try to recruit these younger people to commit these mass murders because a lot of times, like when you look at um, the manifestos or you look at you trace back their history, they're linked to these white supremacist groups that um, recruit these young people because. It's not the older ones that are out here doing it. It's these younger ones. And it's just like, I really feel that the government needs to go after these organizations. They need to shut these people down because they are hate organizations. And I feel like they need to pass legislation, um, tougher hate crime legislation bills, um, especially for uh, uh, African-Americans because we are being targeted. Like, you know, um, there's, there's legislation for every other group, but we need to fight for these hate crime legislation bills for all all groups because these people they need to be put on blast and they need to uproot these organizations like you know I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news um, this is kind of leading into another conversation about the um, January 6th insurrection mm -hmm. how they're starting to it's good to see now that they're going in a direction of going after these leaders of the Proud Boys and stuff like that um, yeah. and holding them accountable. But I, I feel like they need to just, like these hate groups or these people that are out here spewing this negative propaganda, I think they need to go after them a lot tougher than what they have been. Um, and we need to call them for what they are. They're terrorist, domestic terrorist groups. And I think that the government needs to put their foot down and say, hey, we're not going to stand for this. You know, it's, it's all this violence, all this these mass shootings. And then, I, you know, a lot of people are looking at Biden, but we have to go back to where this stemmed from. And it was in the previous administration. You know what I'm saying? And now it's it goes just back further. further. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So because a lot of this now is mainstream yeah. where like. I don't know, before um, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City bombing, that was just like maybe a handful of people. And now it has really taken off. Yeah. And because, it, like, sorry, but like what Seneca was saying, like, you know, because it's not being fought against hard enough, these groups would feel like they could just get away with whatever they want. Right. And that's why it's growing out of, out of control. And you have members of Congress who believe a lot of this stuff that these right-wing organizations and these domestic terrorists believe. And it's quite scary that... Um, <laughs> that there are just some people in Congress that are willing to actually take down good legislation for their own benefit. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's really terrifying. And I and I really feel that we are we're entering a a future in the United States where I mean I I'm 
I feel like dark days are ahead. Oh, yeah. Do, let me ask you guys this. Do you feel that a lot of people that are, um, a lot of these legislators and just people that that are representing us, do you think that they're out of touch with the people? Yes. Or do you yeah. think that they have gotten, do you think some of them probably went into politics with good intentions and once they went in, they became corrupt? Or do you think it's a combination of both? I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking a little bit about this earlier, but uh, I, I feel like I feel like they're they're putting placeholders out there, right? Like mm. they'll say some things in person, like they're you know if they're at the podium and they're talking against it and all this stuff, it's like okay, well you know we we hear you talking about it and stuff like that, but you're not actually doing anything about it. Right. And like you, you, some people might think like by default, like if you're not taking. 100% of the position that you've taken to address these issues you by default you're with you're with the you're with the groups you're you're supporting them in that sense because you're not doing enough wow. and i feel yes i i agree with what you're saying like you know they're they're not really hearing us they're not really paying enough attention to really grasp what they need to do to help yeah. I think some of them who are now running for office um, are wanting to. They already have this mindset that they're already this way, mm-hmm. and that they're going to do whatever they possibly can to reverse whatever progress that we've made. Mm-hmm. I think that's truly how I. That's how I see it. Yeah. And the one that I just. The one that just comes to mind is that lady that, to me, she looks like a man. Marjorie Taylor Greene down in Georgia. And she's a nut job. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about her, too. Yeah. She is literally doing whatever it possibly takes to um, to reverse whatever gains that we've made. And she will take whatever crazy conspiracy theory and run with it that's just goes, and, that's and just goes to show like you're just doing something to hurt somebody else you're not you're doing it to help anybody you're doing it based off of personal opinion but it, it also begs the question is it the is it the politician or is it the people that vote them in because do they believe that that person is meeting their interest or do they have the same kind of I was thinking say, some, sometimes it's a combination like once you have the once this person is in the position that they are the fact that they have grown such a following for what they're fighting against you know it it gives them a sense of empowerment so they keep doing it yeah good point yeah I mean, this is a topic that we can just this, yeah, we can this, go on do a we whole can, yeah, show. Yeah. We can do a yeah, whole show. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> man, let me make Damn sure it, my Ethan. I'm so sorry. Wait, let me make sure my connections on still, child, because I don't want to be oof, I don't want to be on air and be embarrassed and sing, yeah, okay. I have to start the show all over no, again. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think right now we're fine. Um, I want to move on to another story. Um, we'll transition into um, an interesting story that's coming out of Virginia. And Yahoo News is reporting that a former athlete uh, from Virginia Tech 
um, was acquitted in a fatal stomping of a cross-dresser, um, cross-dressing gay man. So, um, like I said, this took place in Virginia, and the, the jury found uh, a cinnamon, a, a cinnamon, how did, how did you pronounce, I can't even pronounce his name, like, Itute, I'm having a hooked on. Yeah, I'm having a hooked on phonics moment. Oh my gosh! A cinnamon. A cinnamon. A Yeah, a cinnamon. It's okay. Um. Anyways, this guy was found not guilty. Um, they took the case to trial. And um, they found him not guilty of the death of this guy named Jerry Smith. So what had happened was to, to explain what happened to give some context of what happened. Um, the athlete had oral sex with Smith in April of 2021. 20, so this took place about a year ago. And he was just acquitted, um, I think, yeah, just early last, yeah, at the end of last month. So what happened was Smith rewarded the football player with a $50 gift card, you know, after they had, you know, met online and stuff like that. He had came over to uh, Jerry Smith's residence and the two met, well, they actually met on Tinder. So he presented himself as a woman. So Atute later wondered if Smith was actually a, a man and went to his apartment to see along with two teammates who waited outside. Now, what this article's not telling you is like, you had already went over there, you engaged in the act, in the act you got a gift card from this individual, which I I really question the, the legitimacy of this, this story because most men are not, most women are not going to be paying to give oral sex to another man. You went over there because you wanted some financial gain. I believe this is what happened. You went over there because you, this man probably told you that uh, he'll pay you some money. And because there's a lot of guys out here that are into cross dressers. So you're not going to sit here and tell me that you didn't know that this person was a cross dresser. So I feel that. This this guy probably was bragging to his friends and was just saying, oh, yeah, this lady did this, this, and this. And they probably put two and two together, and they were probably clowning him. And I guess, you know, his little fragile ego got bruised. So to kind of prove to his, you know, athlete friends that, hey, man, you know, this guy tricked me, so let's go over here and do this, this, and this and kind of get this guy back. I believe that's what happened. So, um... Going on to the second encounter with Smith, um, this pretty much led up to his death. Um, after um, the athlete beat him and stomped him to death, they said that, they, that he beat this guy so bad that his face was unrecognizable. Like, oh God. I mean, he smashed every bone in his body. So, uh, pretty much the Montgomery County jury acquitted him after the hearing in contradiction to what the football player told to police last summer. So pretty much they saying his his story kept changing. And that's why I'm saying I felt that you met this person online and y'all probably talked I mean and you 
could have put two and two together. You probably went over to that person's house. The lights were dim. You 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 knew what you were doing pretty much. Um. So his defense was during um a police search of the apartment. A knife was found between Smith's mattress and box spring, but a Tute testified that he never saw the knife and he did not mention any concerns for his own safety during the initial police review June 2nd, 20, June 2nd, 2021. Um, Atute testified that he stomped on Smith's face as he departed the apartment, leaving a bloody shoe print on Smith's cheek in the process. Security camera footage in the apartment showed all three players luckily leaving quickly with Atute having spent only three minutes inside Smith's apartment. Atute testified that Smith was still breathing when he left and the state's forensic um, detective testified that the entire attack likely looked, took only a few seconds. Jesus. So, I'm just bringing this story up because we have to be careful in glorifying this down low culture. You know, I know some of y'all love a old nasty piece of trade. Y'all love the straight boys, but y'all have to be careful with these men out here because a lot of these a lot of these guys will engage in this activity and as long as it's kept under wraps, everything's cool. But once their friends and family find out that could lead to your demise. So I think a lot of times we glorify like the gay for pay and all the straight boy complex. I know we, we, we've all done it, you know, but we have to kind of know what we're getting ourselves into when we're messing with certain types of people. Because these people out here, um, especially the download people, these people are still, um, they're some of the most dangerous people to mess with. Like you don't, out these people, you don't play around with these people because they could end your life. And I think that this is a precautionary tale that, you know, uh, for one, I don't know. It, it's just too many holes in the story. I don't think. I think the guy knew what was going on. Like I, 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 I really believe that because, like I said, I don't. It just don't seem right for the average man to be getting paid by a woman to have sex with him. Like you, you knew the tea what was going on. Like, and for you to stump out this person like the way you did, it was just overkill. So, it was one of those things where this guy was acquitted. And you got to keep in mind, Virginia is, even though it's like on the East Coast, it's kind of like a southern state. So, a lot of those people are going to side with this guy, even though he is an immigrant and the person that was murdered was white. So, if they're going to acquit him from, from killing a white um, a white individual like that, in that manner, that means that they have a very low opinion of people that are in the LGBT community because they probably use that narrative like, well, oh, this guy was sick and he was out here um, pretty much deceiving people and stuff like that. So that's, that's why I said, like, none of us in the LGBT community are safe. And I just, knowing the community and just knowing how things work, I already know that this was a case where this guy got exposed and he had to kind of prove himself to his to his buddies because they said, like, all his athletes were feel. in. 
the courtroom, they were cheering and um, congratulating him once you know he was acquitted. And it's just this, and it's sad. That's why you have to leave these guys alone. Like if they not, you with somebody, and they want you to live in the closet, even though you done done the work and you done came to grips with who you are. You can't even deal with somebody that's closeted because to me, I'm not going back in the closet for anybody, let alone mess around with somebody that I got to pay to mess around with. And then they're going to come back around and do that. It's, it's, it's really sad. So we have to really have enough self-love for ourselves to um, just be aware, be vigilant and, and deal with people that want to deal with you, deal with people that accept you or and that are in the same space as you are so i didn't know what do you guys think about that story well the first the first thing that i thought of immediately was toxic masculinity you know mm. when you have somebody i mean usually in sports or usually in like a, a masculine setting because he's an athlete yeah he's yeah. an athlete so in a masculine setting and you know his teammates were involved in this they knew about it they were encouraging him to back you know to attack this person i'm sure um it, it taxing actually you know people laugh at that term but it's a very real thing of course clearly very course. real thing um and that yeah that's like the first thing that i thought of like you know when you have somebody who's you know thinks that they're you know, uh, emasculated or think that they're lesser of a man because they were engaged in these activities. It just it, it adds to the it adds to the problem. So, um, the attacker who got acquitted, he is he he's foreign, and there's a lot of people in other undeveloped parts of the world that still believe in traditional roles mm -hmm. and they take that with them from other parts of the world to the United States where um, and to an area like in this case Southwest Virginia <laughs> and it's very conservative and you have that one person that that one gay guy that you know he He's exploring, and he's found someone who supposedly wants to get his rocks off, but then all of a sudden, he brings his own values, like it, like a like a switch flips, and then he's like, "Oh my God, I'm not gay. Why did I do this? Why did he do that to me?" Mm -hmm. And then they're going to attack the person who is innocent in this whole thing even though it's really the individual the the attacker he's the one who's at fault for wanting to even do this at all and then all of a sudden his toxic mass masculinity comes into play and then you have just two friends his yeah. two buddies can't who also weakness. have can't show weakness exactly you can't show <laughs> yeah, weakness no. at all because that just showed weakness right yeah. there then all of a sudden you got to take it out on the person that was giving you pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's truly unfortunate and this just makes me think of 
a lot of the trans women who have been killed over the years mm, yeah. because of the fact that all of a sudden these straight white men, oh my god, you're not a woman, you're a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not going to even say if it's, it's just straight white, yeah. it's, it's just, yeah. Or, or even in the closet, man, sorry. Or I mean, in the closet, even in the closet. I mean, it yeah. Could, yeah. doesn't have to be straight white men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just the fact that they have this panic defense. Yeah. And I'm the victim. No. I'm the victim exactly. here. They're the one who tried to, you know, rope me into mm-hmm. this. But even though it's the opposite, so that's I see parallels in that situation. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I just wanted to give some more. It was a couple other things I wanted to mention about that case too. So the 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 trial took place over three days. Um, Originally, um, he was being Three days? yeah. So he was um, originally going to be um, charged with second degree murder um, over the death of Jerry Smith, which was who was forty years old. Yeah. Um, he said, like I mentioned, he received oral sex from a person by the name of Angie, who he thought was a woman, according to him. Um, and according to authorities, um, he did go back. He went on there and blocked her and then unblocked her. And then the guys came over there. They were all three going to go in there. But um, his friends chickened out and just waited in the hallway. So pretty much they pumped you up to go in there and you did what you did while they chickened out and they stayed in the hallway. Like, yeah, and waited for you to go in there and do what you what you did to this, this individual. And it's just like... Yeah, almost like they didn't have to be an accessory, right? Yeah, it was a it was a setup. They they were setting him up, and they were kind of what's the word I'm looking for? They they didn't want to be they they didn't want to be accomplices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I mean that was a very um, interesting case. That's um, truly unfortunate. Yeah, that reminds me of a case I remember that took place here in Indianapolis that was like that. Uh, years ago where this trans woman had a sexual encounter with this guy um, and I guess word got back to some people that they knew that this individual messed around with this person and again it was one of those situations um, where they felt like they had to prove their masculinity or prove that they were heterosexual so he set this, this trans woman up so the trans woman was with um her her friend, I believe it was her friend that was actually a cisgender woman. So they set them up and the guy said, yeah, let's, let's hang out of this, that, and the other. So I guess he had got them in the car and I don't I don't remember the details of it, but pretty much I, I would I would assume they, he must have left them in the car, must have you know, um, got them tied up or something like that. And they set the fire, the car on fire with the trans woman and, and his friends in there. Okay. So it's just one of those things. You got to be careful with who you're dealing with. And I would tell trans women, you know, you have to kind of be, even if you are upfront with these people, like it's just like you, you got to make sure that this person checks out. And if, if you're with somebody that's embarrassed to be with you in public and the only time you, you, you're with them, is at night and they have to sneak over to your place or you have to come in the back door or you got to come climb through the damn windows and stuff like that you 
your red flags better go like yeah. red flags better go up because that is somebody that will go to any length. Like those types of men, men will go to any length to keep their secret under wraps. I've yes. seen seen it and I've heard so many yes. stories about these down low men and that's just it's just what it is. So just be careful out here when you're you know, just dealing with certain types of people. That's mm-hmm. just that's the best thing that I can tell you. That's just the moral of the story with that. Um, I want to go on to some entertainment, a um, little bit of entertainment. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I want to talk about Todd Chrisley. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he is a um, reality TV um, star. Um, his family um, stars in this show called The Chrisleys or something like that. And there's been a lot of speculation about Todd Chrisley. And this comes to light like after um, him and his wife were found guilty in a federal court of um, tax evasion and tax fraud. Um, now, there, there was a business partner, and I'm going to get his name real quick. Um, there was a business partner that um, used to work with um, Todd Chrisley that kind of exposed him um, doing the court proceedings and um, his name was Mark Braddock so he pretty much testified and spilled the tea that they had an ongoing affair and um, I guess Todd, Todd Chrisley um, his lawyer was saying how he feels that this guy was jaded or he was upset because he was an ex-employee and that Todd Chrisley let him go but I don't think that this person it doesn't make sense that this person would Get on stage. Get get on the get on not stage. Lord have mercy. Get get on um the, on the stand and perjure himself in a federal case. Like I don't think that you would that person would go to that length to testify under oath and perjure himself by making this concocting this story up. I do believe that there was some type of extramarital. Um, affair that was going on and um, this ain't the first time that his sexuality has come into question and just and I'm not trying to be stereotypical but he just reminds me of one of them old southern queens like you know just the way he talks and stuff like that and I really think that his wife probably knows I think a lot of women go into a lot of these marriages thinking they, they can change a man or they see that this man has some type of financial clout, so they'll deal with deal with it. Like you know what I mean? I mean, I think at the very least, I do feel that he could be bisexual. But I've heard interviews when they were um, interviewing him and, and they were questioning his sexuality. They were like, um, "Well, how do you feel about that? About people um, accusing you or believing that you have homosexual tendencies?" And he actually like um, welcomes it. Like he he without like I think that's his way of confirming, but not confirming at the same time because he 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 thinks that that's a that's an honor for somebody to consider that he's gay or whatever because um, that means I can get uh, get the best of both worlds or something that he said like that. So it's just like okay, if you're gonna go that far, you might as well just come on out like. It's just I just I just think it's just really ridiculous, and 
Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I thought that a little bit, like, when I first saw the previews for, like, the early seasons of their show, like, I was like, well, he's got a family and kids. Okay. That don't mean anything. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never seen the show, uh, to be perfectly honest, but, I mean, I've seen clips, and if he's really trying to pull a fast one on everyone, he's doing a really bad job of it. And that's the thing, like, most people that are, uh, that think that they're hiding their sexuality, most people see right through it. Like, yeah. it's, you know, you have some people that are good at convincing others, but nine times out of ten, somebody that, that's that obvious, you know, you'll do better coming out because they're going to talk about you more with you leading this facade on, acting like that you're something that you're obviously not. So that's why I just I just really think that it's really sad, even in 2022, that people feel like they have to lead on this facade that they're, they're heterosexual, you know, they're bringing kids in the world um, and they're leaving, leading these double lives. But to me, I feel like it's kind of dangerous because you're carrying on this affair with this guy while married to this other woman, and I'm and I don't think that they have an open relationship like that. So if he's out here um, doing it, and I don't think this is the first time he's probably had some type of affair with another man. This is just the first that we know about it officially, but it's just. I don't know. I think it was something with these two individuals. I think it was deeper than a, a business relationship. I think they actually probably were romantically involved. I don't think it was just a sexual thing. Um, and, you know, and that's why I said situations like that can get really messy. Yeah, they can. So, um, maybe, I that's, maybe that's why they're sticking, staying together and supporting one, one another is for is because of the finances. I think it's the money uh, yeah. that keeps people there a lot of times. Because I think, like I, like I mentioned, a lot of women that are married to men, they'll put up with a lot of bullshit from men, especially if they, they are multi-millionaires or they got a lot of money. They'll stay in a marriage with a man and they know that he's out here having um, extramarital affairs. Hell, there's some women that... Um, know that their husbands are out here sleeping with other men. Yes. And they're still staying with these people. Yes. Like, even, like, you look in the church, like, there's a lot of women that know that their um, husbands are on the download, and they, and hell, some of them know, and they they probably know that they messing around with underage boys, they messing around with girls, they want to stay and get that money because they get used to a certain lifestyle. Yes, they do. And they don't want to let that lifestyle go, so... They'll just, you know, go along with it. And a lot of them don't even have sex with these men anymore. I've heard several stories like that, especially coming out of the church. Well, uh, uh, the other thing that we think we need to think about, too, is, like, who who holds the keys to the kingdom in these situations, you know? Was wow. it In this situation, was it, like, Todd or was it Or did they have, like, a 50-50 or whatever? Like, it also reminds me of, like, you know, what happened with, Jeff Bezos getting divorced from his his wife went after his pocketbook first. <laughs> that's the first thing that she yeah. did. She wanted her. That's dues. true. Yeah. So yeah, that's very true. You know, in big these big business situations that you know, what who who holds the power in the relationship essentially? So right, right. Those are good questions. Mm-hmm. So 
All right, so we're going to move on to our next story. Um, did you guys hear about the incident that happened at the Children's Museum in Indianapolis? I don't think so, no. All right, well, I'm going to play a clip real quick so we can okay. get some context of it, and then I'm going to come back and um, get your guys' opinion about it. Um, and this incident... Because you haven't heard about it yet, so I'm just going to let you listen to the clip. But they've gotten a lot of backlash. Yeah. And it has to do with Juneteenth. So we'll go to this clip, and then I'll come back with the rest of my commentary. If I can get the clip to play. Okay, there we go. that clip but pretty much the gist of it was um there was a visitor that went to the children's museum and they noticed that um that there was a menu item that was attached to juneteenth it was called it was like a watermelon salad oh my god <laughs> and it's just like are you really serious like you guys felt that you putting this menu item out there commemorating Juneteenth was just like, that was a smart thing to do. Like, I don't know who's over the PR department there, but it's just like, that was that was a really dumb move. And, and, I, and honestly, this made national head headlines because I was watching a, a podcast that I usually follow um, on the Young Turks Network, um, Dr. Rashad Ritchie, um, and I think even the TYT, they brought brought this up, too. So, like, this has made national headlines. Like, like what in your, in the, like, why would you feel that that would just be a smart thing to do? Like, prejudice on a plate or something. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, God. you know, this happened just maybe, what, a week or two after the whole incident with the Juneteenth ice cream with Walmart? Yes. Yes. Which was actually their own brand. What was that one? I don't. What was was it like watermelon flavored ice cream or something? Like what, <laughs> I don't what think was it was. It? Okay. I honestly don't remember what the flavor was, but it it literally said on the side of the packaging Juneteenth. Juneteenth ice cream. Yeah, oh and it was great value brand. Oh my god! Y'all like, couldn't give us no. Y'all couldn't give us no premium brand. Brand. You just gonna <laughs> give us the cheap Walmart brand. And you just felt that that was just like... We want to save money. We don't want to spend money. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then Walmart had to literally <laughs> had to backtrack everything. And they... I mean, they, it was a PR nightmare for them. So I can only imagine... And this is the second incident where... Oh it, this was Newfields? Was that, it? Is that what it is? 
No, the Children's Museum. Children's Museum. Sorry. Because, sorry, this is their first incident because there was an incident with Newfields the previous year for something also along the same lines. Not exactly the same thing, but <laughs> I'm like, don't don't these people like remember their own well, history? To, it just makes me imagine, like, you know, not even just this, but like other deciding factors for other things that aren't a good idea, you know? It's like, who's all of us sitting around the conference table talking about Ooh, what would be a good, you know, and there's always those one or two people that are like, I don't I don't think we should do that. And they're right. like, well, you know, you've been voted out because most of us think it's a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> and then it Okay, let's roll the dice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I don't know, but that leads to a, a, um, a greater conversation because a lot of people are feeling that, um, with the whole entire thing dealing with reparations, they feel like um, that this is another further way, another way for people to to profit off of black people's pain. Yeah, like this company, this country has not like uh, compensated the descendants of black into uh, black slaves here in this country for. Um, slavery but yet you're still capitalizing off of this this holiday and a lot of people feel like that's something that's sacred that should be left alone so I, I kind of feel the same way too I feel like you know these corporate corporations shouldn't be capitalizing off of something like that like it's, it's just it's it's just so gimmicky and it's just so to me it's just disrespectful you know what I mean but I wonder too, like I was going to ask you guys, how do you feel about people capitalizing off the gay community? Like, how do you feel about it? It kind of leads into that. I mean, it's not the same. It's apples and oranges, but it's similarities because there's parallels. It's yeah. parallels to it because you have like um, a marginalized group of people as well that um, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't, you know, like even like I told you, like ten years ago. You didn't even see all this corporate support of the gay community, but now it's the end thing to do to uh, be pro LGBT and you know this, that, and the other. And you see, see a lot of us in the media and the stuff, and, and, and you know we're more transparent now. And this seems it's like the end thing to do. So, do you kind of feel like we are in that same boat as well? Like because I feel like they try to capitalize off us as well. It's all about money. Everything's all about money. Yeah. You know, when they, you people put like something in rainbow and say, you know, oh, we're we're happy to have you. It's like, no, you want us to, you want you want to make money off of us. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, you know, the the um, stuff that's come out about like about Disney. There's like a huge boycott about Disney right now is because they claim to be the you know the all giving accepting and they actually have their own like brand for pride stuff and they do but they're like what is it the ceo or something that's like giving uh, giving money that they make from from the parks and stuff they're giving money to all these like anti-lgbt yes organizations is that yes. right yeah it is and it's it, it blows my mind to me these corporations talk out of both sides of their mouths um like okay the parade yesterday the, I think it's Delta Fawcett who um, was the big sponsor of, of the parade mm-hmm. or of the festival, and they had a humongous float. They had a whole bunch of people. 
and they wanted to make it known that they support the gays and it's it's so disingenuous to me that they will also support anti-LGBT organizations or anti-LGBT politicians at the same time that they're also giving money to pro-LGBT politicians and organizations. Mm -hmm. So um, I find it laughable Mm -hmm. that these big corporations get to walk down, get to be at the front of the line at these parades and the true... The organizations that really are meaningful and make a difference are relegated to the back that um, that are truly helping the cause. Um, and to me, they're just profiting off of all of us. Right. All, all these corporations. And that's why I can't... It, it, it's, it's becoming more difficult for me to take pride seriously because of that. I think there's a meme going around of this guy that says, here it comes, and it's this tornado, and in that tornado it has all of these um, logos for all these corporations that are all in rainbow, and eventually, once June 30th hits and July 1st comes around, they're, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. For another year. Wow. Yep, so that's, that's why, you know, like, like, I think it was you that mentioned it earlier. Like, it's, it's, it feels like the whole movement and just even like these pride festivals. It's just like, it's, it's so watered down now. It's just, I don't know. It's just the big, just meet and greet now. It's just, it's not even about trying to push an agenda for us to, you know, uh, help push our what we need as a community ahead. It's, it's just uh, everybody's just there to party. Have a good time, which that's all well and good. It's the time and place for that. But we have to also be politically aware and be politically um, savvy and keep our keep our minds on the assignment at hand. You know what I mean? We have to keep promote keep promoting. Um, for one, we do have to promote self love, self acceptance, um, but we have to promote uh, a political agenda as well, because as we mentioned earlier. Our our rights are at stake. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So we have to realize um, uh, what we're doing out here, and you know, and and we can't allow these corporations and allow people to keep eating off of us, and they keep on um, doing this, that, and the other. But it's still at the same time, like you mentioned, they're they're pushing people that are anti-LGBT community as well. So. You just gotta just we just gotta do better because I think that's gonna pretty come pretty much come back and bite us in the behind in the ass pretty much in the future. Like we think it's all well and good now. They're paying all these corporate dollars and stuff like that, but but at the same time you gotta look at it too. Once you're no longer grassroots, you become a slave to these people. You know yes. what I mean? So we have to be careful in just accepting everybody's dollar. Um, we have to be um, aware that there's always a hidden agenda behind something. So that's just something I would just kind of um, just, just just you know just something I would just urge us to just keep in mind. Like 
it's good that we have extra put financial backing and stuff like that but you have to realize that these people aren't just giving you this money or uh, they're not supporting you it's always some type of uh, hidden agenda behind it so that just kind of begs the question do these pride organizations in, in all these cities do they actually vet the corporation that wants to actually do the most giving hmm. I don't think they do they claim to, but they claim do to. We, do we really know that? Yeah, right. I don't. Yeah. And oh man, that, that just I think that just leads to a whole lot of things to where um, I'm gonna give the pride organ like just here in Indy the pride organization the side eye and just say um, did you do your research? Did you do your research? Mm-hmm. Did Delta Fawcett or did IU Health? Did, are they actually also giving money to anti-LGBT groups? Mm-hmm. Are they giving it to Chick Fil A stuff like that? And I'm, and I'm yeah, yeah. Mm. Just some questions. Yeah, yeah. They're very valid questions <laughs> yeah. too. That'll open up some people's minds about that, right? In the future, yes. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of indie pride, um, how do you guys feel about? the uh, parade and the festival this year because as many of you know um, this is the first actual festival that we've had since the beginning of the pandemic so it's been two years so um, how do you guys feel about the turnout how do you guys feel about the vendor just the overall presence or it's some things I saw do you, do you want to start Ethan I, I feel <laughs> like it's it, it's shrunk a little bit just a look like the volume of turnout and uh, the parade itself has been it's it's is a little in my opinion it was mm-hmm. but um, just trying to remember I'll probably have to pull some pictures but uh, <laughs> just trying to remember because last time we went was in 2019 mm-hmm. or you know uh, yeah I mean that's I honestly cannot remember the last time I went to the parade I want to say it was like 20. Did we go together here in Indy? Yeah. I don't went to the festival. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, don't we, think did, we didn't go parade. to the parade. But yeah. we 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 were both working night shift at the time, so yeah. it, that's ten o'clock in the morning. That's like yeah. our time to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I thought the festival itself. I'm really kind of surprised at the turnout. Um. Where I mean, there was. I would definitely say over a hundred thousand people. Hmm. Um, probably not that many for the parade, um, but yeah, I think the festival actually had a much better turnout than expected. Yeah. Uh, something I was kind of surprised about is Andre Carson walked in the parade. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I I actually thought just having his staff would be walking. But no, he actually walked, and he was actually taking selfies with people. Yeah, I saw it too. Yeah. Mm. So that that kind of surprised me. I'm gonna be quiet. I I, I know you. I could say something, but I don't want there to be no misunderstanding. So leave that. We'll we'll leave that one alone. Yeah. So I feel that um, I I, I'm I'm glad that um, it was good to you know running some people that that I haven't seen in a long time. It was good to see everybody out at Military Park. Mm But I did feel that just something was off this year. And I just feel that maybe it's just they're getting back into the swing of things. Um, 
I, I probably feel that maybe next year they're, they're probably building their budget back up because they probably did take a hit during yeah, the pandemic. They were definitely making up for lost time. Yeah, they, so, they, yeah, charged, so they doubled too. the price for tickets because I remember in 2019 it was 5 I think $5 and this year it was 10 And then yeah. VIPs are I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, overall it was good. I mean, the entertainment, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like like I said, maybe next year they'll have the budget to have more of a mainstream headliner. They did have people. They they had a couple of acts that were nice, but um, I think think they stuck more to like local acts acts this time. Um, they had um, what was that that uh, uh, not that review. I was gonna say review, but I guess they had like that that cast the drag cast. Uh, oh yeah, the drag uh, theater. Theater, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually kind was, of thought that was an interesting yeah, concept. Yeah. yeah, that was neat. I, I did, I did enjoy that. That was pretty entertaining. Um, but and it was who was it? it was Blair St. Blair St. Clair, and then the drag cast of uh, the uh, legally blonde. legally blonde. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I don't even know where. The, I don't remember them saying where that was supposed to be. It, I think Patty, we've mentioned it briefly. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we have it, you know, here yeah. at a certain time, but it was very quick, so I don't remember. I don't either. Um, I'd have to Google but it. They, yeah, they have all that information on the, the Pride uh, page, their website. Yeah. I had a clip from Indie Pride. Uh, I think it came, I can't remember which channel I got it from, but let me see if it will play right now. Is the boost tube still on down there? I think it still is. Yeah, it's showing that. It's yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll see if it plays because I think the last clip I tried to play of the Children's Museum story wouldn't play. So if not, we'll just move on to our next story. But we'll see really quick. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something wrong with the audio. But um, pretty much, I just want to just talk about that. I think they're still having events today. Um, thought I heard something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, they're still having events all um, day long. And then something fascinating um, I found, inter- well, something I found interesting is how um, they now have the first female um, president of Pride now. Yeah. yeah. And how she was mentioning that um, it's in her um, plans to make the whole board very diverse. She said it's one of the most diverse um pride boards that have ever been in the history of Indianapolis so I really want to commend her for that and we'll just see you know what happens from there you know because it's one thing to get the illusion of inclusion or try to get that delusion that you're being diverse but we want to see through action Um, it's good that you have that board but like representation doesn't always equal you know, um, diversity. Like, so you can you can have that representation, but I want to see how you guys are going to implement um, programs, or you're going to implement um, different things that are going to help bring the the uh, gay community of Indianapolis or um, Indiana together in general. So it's it's going to be interesting. I really it was really good to see that that uh, diversity up there. But now that that's established, we'll see what you guys are going to do. To kind of um, bridge the gap because there is a, I don't know, it's it's 
because you know we had that interview with Keith Washington about a year or so ago, and he was telling us about the history of Indianapolis and how it's it's never really been very inclusive. It's always been divided. So we'll see if she'll do um, good at trying to um, bridge the gap and bringing people together. Because I, I think that's so. something that we really need in this community. So that proof will be in the pudding. Yep. They have a year to uh, to really put stuff together. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I'm going to run through a couple of more um, news items. We're just going to blow through these. Um, um, Little Nas um, is kind of upset because he has zero nominations for the BET Awards, but yet, like all the other major awards, um, award shows have um, given him nominations this year. And to me, like, if I was Little Nas X, because I've heard this in other commentaries, and I, I agree, like, I would pay BET dust because BET is not the, the original BET it once was. Like, it's just, it's just really sad that you, you were promoting this young man about a year ago, but now he has zero nominations this year, and he's had a lot of good hits out here, a lot of success um, in the past year. Um... He pretty much says that it makes it difficult for LGBT um, black folks to identify um, as black first because when you come out, um, it's like you get all this ridicule within the community. And uh, BET responded and said uh, they disagree with the, the claims and they say, well, we love Lil Nas X and we continue to support him. Um, and they kind of brought up the fact on how they uh, recognized him last year. But I think that kiss on the air that he had um, with the other young gentleman, I think that kind of like stirred up a lot of controversy. And I think they probably didn't want that controversy again this year. So I probably feel that that's probably why they didn't want to uh, nominate him or anything like that. So Lil Nas quoted that I just feel like um, black gay people have to fight to be seen in this world even when we make it to, to the top. Um, they pretend we are invisible. Queer men are more respected than they than uh, when they do less feminine things. So that was his quote on that. Um, also in the news uh, let's go to our next news item. Um, we've talked about Pride. We've talked about the Children's Museum. Um, yeah, some local gay news I want to bring up. Um, did you hear about Zoni's closing in July? Uh, yeah, I think that, didn't they say that on, on stage? That they yeah, they got six, six weeks, six to, weeks go. to go. Yeah, yeah. so that, I remember Zoni's when it was, I don't know if you guys remember when it was still called Illusions. Like, yeah, it's... Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Like, um, I think the the current um, owners they bought it and changed the name and stuff like that. They really fixed that bar up. It's really nice. Um, but it it's been one of our oldest gay bars in Indianapolis, and it was a staple in the community. But on the bright side of it, I, I am glad that um, they are somewhat still keeping that building within the community because I think Damien Center is going to purchase that building. Mm -hmm. If I understand that correctly. Yes, they are. So I really hope that they're able to, um, to put that building into some good use. I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with it, but I'm glad to see that 
they weren't bought out by, you know, outside entities. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's bittersweet. I mean, I um, hate to see that another establishment um, in Indianapolis is closing because I think now that leads leaves only a couple left. Like um, a, three. Three. Greg's, Teenies, and Metro. And even with Teenies and Metro, they're Ooh, like t- it's 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 very mixed now. It's very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, integrated now, like it, and that's and it's that's good to see because it's more of a gener- younger generation that goes to those establishments. But as far as like uh, the original establishments, like we've had the tennis clothes. Um, Talbot Street's closed, the 501, the only bear and leather bar in Indianapolis closed. Um, There's just been a ton of, like, bars that have closed in Indianapolis that they used to be safe havens for our community. Like, you know, a lot of people just think that these bars were just for, you know, just partying and, and, you know, people doing X, Y, and Z. But a lot of those bars were safe havens for our community because we couldn't we weren't accepted in other spaces. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I really feel now that I hate to say this, but a lot of the bars, the establishments that are open now have become toxic a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And I think the younger generation is don't want, don't want any part of that. Like, um, I think they want to mix and mingle with other groups of people, but I will say there are some some old, bitter, jaded queens out here, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are they have a foothold on some of these establishments, and it makes it unenjoyable for people to go there. So I can kind of see why a lot of these establishments are closing, um, because I'll say this: sometimes I I have a better time going to straight bars and straight clubs to some of these gay clubs because it's so political here in Indianapolis, I would say. I can't speak for anywhere else. So, I really think that we're seeing a shift in um, the culture and um, I don't, I won't be surprised if there'll be more establishments closing. I'm not going to say which ones, but it, it, you know, I just really think that our community, we need to get our heads out of our asses and make some changes, you know, if they want to say what little history we have left. So. Indy's had so many gay bars. Yeah. Probably since the 70s. Yeah. Like, um, I think Indy Star did a, um, a story about that. Yeah. Where it's like maybe 20, mm-hmm. 20 different gay bars. Which is to me that's astounding. Yeah, they used to have a lot on um, on Mass Avenues. I remember there was a couple that I heard of some some of the old schoolers were talking about um, Betty Boots NYC. Um, we do have well, I think that's more of a restaurant. I would say um, um, the one that's on Mass Avenue down there on that corner. I can't. Even, I'm having the forty five degrees. Yeah, forty five degrees. Um, we do have a couple of. Um, Restaurants, English Ivies, and all these—I don't even know how to even clock classify all these anymore. It's just—it's—it's it's not even the same. Like that—that that, to me, that's kind of made. That's one establishment I think that's kind of made a turn for the for the worst. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
but as far as like straight up like gay establishments like um bona fide gay establishments we've pretty much lost our um the pillars of the community like we have yeah so it's, it's very unfortunate um I do think Zonies was one of those pillars. I, I do feel that that still was a, uh, a strong representation of the gay community in Indianapolis. I don't think it had been. I, I don't think it had been like kind of like overtaken by heterosexual people. I guess you could say, or lack of a you know better term. But um, I don't know. Do we know what the Damien Center is going to do? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but um, I'm glad that they're at least keeping it within the community because I'm pretty sure they can make some good use out of it, but I'm not really sure what they're going to do with that right. with that building. I don't even know. If, I mean, who's to say? They might tear it down. I don't know. So, so I don't know. I mean, there have been, in the past, there have been you know places that have risen from the ashes, so to speak. It's true. You know, in Bloomington also, they're reopening a few a few things in Bloomington that really closed for the pandemic. I, I can't think of any at the moment, but um, I mean the names, but I mean, I mean, who knows, maybe. Um, but it goes back to like, you know, getting enough local support from the community to like bring them back also. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just think it's unfortunate, but at the same time, I think that um these gay establishments have been victims of their own success. Yeah. And some of them don't like to change with the times. Um, yeah, that's another problem. And either they're going to have to adapt or they're going to die. They're going to wither on the vine. Mm -hmm. Some of them, too, something I've noticed, some of them try to give the illusion that they're keeping up with the times but then once you really get in and look at the inner politics and the inner workings it's it's just a facade a lot of them put on facades but they, they don't want to come up with the times they want to keep the same power structure they want to keep the same old queens that that were running things in indianapolis back in a time when they weren't as inclusive you know so sometimes they give and that just even reminds me of even during the black lives matter thing like how them were how all of them were acting like they were so on board with Black Lives Matter but then we look at um what goes on in a lot of these establishments. You guys aren't about about that. It was just something for you guys to do to get out there to make yourself look like you are inclusive and that you don't want no heat to come down on you. That mm -hmm. I feel like that's how a lot of these these establishments are because you go in there and you see how they treat people of color particularly um, black, gay, lesbian, and trans people of color. And you just see how they... It, they're not going to come right out and say that they don't want them in it, but you can just tell they're not welcoming. Like, you can just tell, like, when somebody really welcomes you and embraces you versus they, they're just there to take your money. And I've been hearing a lot of people talk about that in a lot of these establishments, you know what I mean? So they're going to have to really fix that culture and they're gonna really have to um, make some changes because I now you have to realize that you know the changing of the guards is here. Like you, it's not gonna be the same old, same old. Like you know the city is becoming more diverse, um, and it's time for them to let some of those old attitudes go. That's just how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. uh, just want to bring this up. Something that just recently happened in the past two weeks. This is over in Terre Haute. They just started up their first ever Pride Festival. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Um, and what's funny is just a, maybe a few days beforehand, um, and I'd have to figure out the dates on this just because I think I'm wrong, but there was there is a gay bar in Terre Haute, but they did not host a Pride event. It was a quote-unquote straight bar that hosted all these drag queens, including some from out of town, mm. from like St. Louis. Now, they hosted it on a Thursday, which is kind of weird, because then on Friday and the weekend, they go back to doing their whole... Right. Their regularly right. scheduled programming. Right, right. But the fact that the local gay bar in Terre Haute didn't actually host this, and a straight bar did, just... Uh, I don't know, just kind of... It's kind of unusual. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to uh, throw that out there. All right, we got a couple more news items I just wanted to hit on really quick um, before we get off. Um, I don't know if you guys follow P-Valley, but that's um, a show that um, is on Stars. That show is pretty much back on air for a second season. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it yet. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find my notes for that. Um, yeah, so pretty much it's about... Uh, let me see what I have now. Because, honey, I don't even really... I haven't watched it. I've seen clips of it. But it's pretty much the Chronicles of Seven Exotic Dancers and their binary boss, which goes by the name of Uncle Cliff. And it pretty much, um, you know, kind of follows them um, as they kind of balance their professional life and their personal life. So, pretty much, it's, it's been a really uh, popular show. And people have been waiting on them to put out another season for almost two years. So... Um, but there's some controversy controversy behind that show because there's a um, R&B singer by the name of Nikki Gilbert, which um, claims that the concept was stolen from her because she had a stage play back in 2010 um, by the name of Soul Kittens Cabaret, and she claims that that concept was stolen from her. So right now, um, she is... Uh, in litigation, and she's she's suing the um, the show's creator by the name of Katori Hill, Katori Hall, and um, this this lawsuit was set in motion back in January. So we'll be following that to see um, what transpires from that. Um, also, that's and that's something I would say. Like when you make come up with a concept, because that I even heard stories about the creator of. Uh, the Matrix, like they, they said, it was a black woman that came up with that in in, uh, in the Terminator series and stuff like that, and she presented those ideas to uh, these major film filmmakers and stuff like that. And they took her idea and it made um, almost billions off of that, like like the Terminator series and, and Matrix and stuff like that. Like they've made a lot of money throughout the years on that. So that's why you have to be really careful. Like if you create something, you really need to go about um, protecting what you create because yes. if people feel like they can take what you, 
they're not gonna give you credit and they're they're damn sure not gonna pay you for what what you're worth so I feel like sometimes we have to become more educated on um how to protect our intellectual property so that's what I would take away from that um for those of you who don't know who Nikki Gilbert is too she was on a show called um R&B Divas which um debuted it debuted back in um 2014 and I think it was like a famous R&B singer uh Kiki White she was on there from Indianapolis she came from Indianapolis there was a lot of really legendary singers that were on there but she was known to be pretty much controversial on that show too. So for those of you that don't know who she is, that's who that person is. Um, also, I want to touch on the Monique versus D.L. Hughley situation um, before we get off of here. Um, those of you that have been following this, this has been just going out, just spiraling out of control since the end of May. Um, when she did her show in the, at the Fox Theater in Detroit, um, it originated out of a so-called uh, dispute over uh, a contractual agreement because they were trying to decide who would be the headliner. But when I heard Monique go off on D.L. Hughley like that on, on stage, like I kind of knew that it was something deeper than that. So this stems back to like when she um, was being blackballed um, in Hollywood after doing Precious and how she was seeing how Lee Daniels, Oprah Winfrey, and um, Tyler Perry were saying that she was difficult to work with because she wasn't contractually obligated to promote that film after she did it. And she was actually doing a, a favor for Lee Daniels. But... Um, since then, like her and Lee Daniels have made amends, but um, I think this stems way back even before that because I remember Monique um, kind of fell out with Oprah because they took she she went behind Monique's back and invited her family on on her show for ratings talking about the sexual abuse and stuff that went on with Monique and stuff like that, and Monique didn't know anything about her family coming on the show discussing that. So, she fell out with Oprah because of that. And then the whole thing about her being difficult to work with because she didn't want to work for free. That kind of just snowballed into what's going on currently. And D.L. Hughley has been having a lot to say about the situation in several interviews. So, um, I guess Monique was feeling at one time that, you know, they were since they were both kings and queens of comedy, that they, they were, were close. But um, D.L. Hughley's been on a lot of interviews, you know, just talking about her open marriage with her husband and about, you know, just the whole situation. And I think that that was her way of getting back at him. But the only thing, I, I don't agree with how she's been treated in Hollywood, but I will say this, I don't agree with Monique weaponizing D.L. Hughley's daughter's um, sexual assault because I guess there was an interview where D.L. Hughley said that he kind of regrets not being there for his daughter because um, when she went through her uh, sexual assault, it was somebody around her age, but she he kind of downplayed it as, well, kids will be kids or whatever. So Monique took that clip and weaponized it against him. And I just kind of feel that was wrong because if if it was a, a thing dealing with the contract or whatever or y'all beef, 
you should keep that um, between you two. Don't bring his kids into it. Mm -hmm. Don't bring this young lady's trauma into it. So that's yeah, why she got great. a lot of backlash from that. And I still rock with Monique. I like her. Um, I think she's she's an awesome comedian. She's an awesome person. Um, but I feel that she kind of went overboard with that, and I can't I can't rock with that. Like you know, I just feel like a lot of times with these feuds and stuff like that, or um, I, I think people start low blowing and they bring people's family and they bring stuff into the to situation that they have anything to do with that. So I just hope that. They can just smash this. I, you know, I think these are two OGs in the game, and it's really sad to see that um, both of these individuals with good careers, like D.L. Healy, he has his, he's really political. He's in the political arena. Um, he does his comedy. He has a lot going for himself. Monique, she she does her acting. She does her um, producing, her comedy career. They have a lot going for themselves, and to see that people this their age, because they're pretty much in their late fifties early 60s to see them arguing like that it kind of gives a bad rap for comedy and then you know seeing like the younger comedians come in the game it's just like you know it's just not a good look so comedy already has issues especially with dave chappelle Ooh, but that's a subject for another time yeah we'll have yeah. to get into that the next show yeah so um and then not to mention about the whole Will Smith and oh god yeah so comedy has been kind of it's been compromised yes. yeah um trying to see what else we have to talk about before I get off of here um yeah the Stellar Awards we're gonna talk about a little religion the Stellar Awards will be in Atlanta Georgia this year so you already know what that means honey like the Gospel Music Awards down there so you already know that the gospel music industry is inundated with the girl, so you can already ready to tell what's going to go on down there. And also, um, let's see what else is going on in the news. Um, something else. One more thing I want to talk about before I get off of here. Um, yeah, I'm just going to do a little sports news. A couple headlines I saw that caught my eye. Um, the Broncos have sold um, um, their team for Four point six five billion dollars to uh, the Walmart heir Rob Walton. Um, he made the purchase um, here recently, so we'll be um, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with that. Um, Deshaun Wat Watson. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but I guess he's going through a situation now where he's saying that um, where they're saying that he met with at least sixty six women for massages. And um, they were saying that, God. yeah, like, and it was <laughs> another one, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. So they were saying in a 17th month period, there was a, like alleged misconduct, you know, between him oh, and man. these Goodness. these uh, <laughs> massage therapists. So um, currently, there's 24 lawsuits. So, but they were saying how some of these lawsuits have been settled. So it almost makes me wonder if. These people, some of these women, because I always wanted this in the back of my mind, because I never want a victim shame, but you have to think too. Like, do you think that sometimes they feel that this is a gravy train and a lot of them jump on board with this stuff? Or because he's kind of, you know, famous. Yeah. They're 
going they're going against it now because they think they can get more money out of it. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they said twenty two settled out for a hundred K. So yeah. So that's why I kinda feel that I kinda get the side eye to people that wanna just automatically settle out because I feel like if you really trying to get justice, you gonna take it to trial. You ain't just gonna settle out and you ain't just gonna just settle out for a small amount of money. Yeah. Right. So, and like but, these ladies agreed to do it. Yeah. You know, they did they he didn't force himself on them, he didn't assault them. And and that's what they were saying, like, because the lawyer his lawyer was saying, like, you know, there's no law there's no nothing illegal about uh, having a happy ending. Like yeah. and uh, you know, so it's just like I just kinda feel that some of these women are just it could be, I don't know, but I, I don't even want to touch that, but I just question that sometimes. Yeah. like Because like when you see cases like this where it's multiple women, um, it could be somebody that is a predator, but then again, it could be people that are jumping on the bandwagon because, for one, they want notoriety, and two, I feel like sometimes these people, are they, they're wanting to get back at these individuals because they probably thought it was something more than what it was. Like some of these people that have these ongoing um, sexual encounters with these people. They kind of think it's more than what it is, and then that person pretty much using you for sex. Mm -hmm. So I really think is it sometimes a thing of where people are trying to get back at an individual. So it's just a, a lot of these cases you just have to kind of just take at face value. So, But I pretty much think that's about it. Um, also, I know the uh, Housewives of Atlanta has been doing pretty well this season. I know um, Nene Leakes, she is currently suing um, Bravo, or, and um, she's going after Andy Cohen because she claims there was some racial tension on the show and this, that, and the other. But my thing is, girl, you were on that season, on that show for all those seasons, so why did you stay as long as you did? You pretty much got upset because they got tired of your diva mentality. You weren't showing up on set. You weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing. So they gave you the act. So now you want to play this card. And a lot of people are seeing right through that. So, but the show is still pretty good. Um, they have brought back Sheree Whitfield on there. And um, pretty much the same cast is on there. So... Um, I, I got a chance to watch the first episode because I don't have cable, but they had the first episode of the season on YouTube, so I was able to watch that, and it's pretty good. And then they have a new series called The Housewives of Dubai, which that's pretty much interesting, too, because I think that's the first series of the Housewives uh, franchise that is, uh, that's been taped overseas, but um, a couple of the wives are from America. But you have some of them, like, honey, these are some divas. Like, I'm telling you, these, because I think one of the um, women, she's like a, a well-known model that um, is from Ethiopia, I think. And then it was, I, I forgot the other characters, but they, they all have rich husbands and, and, I mean, beautiful homes. Like, and it kind of gives you a background of Dubai because Dubai was, um, um, it's now just in the recent, like the past, I say 20, 30 years, it's really been built up like versus the old Dubai. and Because they, they have like the old Dubai and then they have the, the more modern Dubai. And it's just like 
a lot of people with money have flocked over there and if they really built that that country up like economically so it was it was kind of interesting to see um get background on that too because the show actually educates you on that so it's going to be a good series i feel um and i think that's all we have i didn't know if you guys had anything else before we get off here because i know i got you got some meatloaf that i'm ready to eat <laughs> yeah time for Do dinner we have any comments or people posting anything about? oh yeah yeah i didn't think about that I didn't really see anything. We had people earlier in the first, um, the first time we went live, like there were people in the comments. But yeah, I think with that whole like situation with the technical difficulties, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, kind of messed things up. But um, we'll be back next time. Like I said, this is our first broadcast that I've done that if we've done like in over a year. So we're just getting some kinks out and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes, look look forward to having you again. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. All right, well, make sure you guys check us out. Um, like I said, um, this podcast is can be um, downloaded on blogtalkradio.com slash um, urban wire media network, and also you can um, listen to our podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And until then, um, have a good Pride Month. Um, just remember to accept one another, love one another, because really we're, we're all we have in this community. You know what, I'm, you know what I mean? So um, just be safe out there. Um, enjoy the festivities. And we will hopefully be back in the next couple of weeks. That's right. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Tea Podcast. Bringing you the best in news, entertainment, celebrity gossip, social commentary, humor, and LGBTQ lifestyle. This podcast is part of the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.